Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. into the message, there's two things I want to announce, and you saw the graphic, September 18th, again, it's going to be very special, I, I encourage you not to miss it, um, it's a great opportunity to invite people, um, we, we are really just um, setting vision here at church and re- revamping some things, it's going to be um, amazing for you guys when you call this place home and see all the prayers and, and, and all the work that we've put into what's going to start taking place here very soon. And there's a lot of key people that were a big part of that. And we are forever grateful for those key people. So we, we, our prayer is now that you and, and those who are not here today will get involved, catch the vision, and say, I'm going to be part of what you guys are doing here at New Life. And um, I know God's going to use us tremendously. How many of you could say amen? So what date is that again? All right, all right. You're doing good so far. And, and the second thing is starting on, on Sunday, forgive me, I, I, there was an error when I said it on last Sunday. We're going to start a series. It's actually uh, called POP. It's an acronym. It's P-O-P. It's not O-P-P. It's P-O-P. And uh, old school people got that a little bit. But uh, P-O-P, um, and, and we're going to kind of just, just talk about what that acronym means. I think in the back there's that graphic there. And and um, maybe, maybe you'll be giving some popcorn one of these Sundays. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, but um, that'll be awesome, right? To hear the word of God and eat popcorn. You can't get better than that. So that's good, man. And we'll put some butter on it. We'll work on that. But um, we're going to start something. Uh, I can't stress this enough. If there are three consecutive Sundays not to miss, there are the next three Sundays. I promise you, be here next weekend. Be here the following and then the one after that. Because this is the direction that our church is going. Um, I believe that in order to pop, we need to pop. I know it doesn't make any sense right now, but it will. And um, you'll see what those P, the O, and the P stands for. Amen. Excited, man. Excited for, I'm more excited for you guys than I am for myself. You know that, right? Because I can't wait to see some of you guys start to grow and do some amazing things here at church. As we get into the word, um, I'm, it's titled, Who's Coming? If you take notes in, in this house, in our, we call this place, we've been calling it lately, our nest. In our nest here, we, we've been... We've been telling you guys, hey, uh, write notes. And we've always told you guys, the greatest place to write notes, everyone says it's school. The reality is it's church. It's whenever the word of God is being taught, you should write notes. Um, so um, school is important. Take notes in school, but, but definitely take notes in church. Now, it's titled Who's Coming? And, and it's funny because um, September 18th, I want to ask you guys who's coming for the next three weeks. I want to ask you guys who's coming. Um, but I believe that the Spirit as well is going to speak deep within you and ask you personally, are you coming? And who's coming? He's going to call this out to the church. And I think this is, you're here for a reason today. I believe if you're here, it's not a mistake. It's because you're going to get this charge today and you're going to take it out these walls and you're going to ask others to come with you. It'll make sense to you in a minute. I'll never forget this. Before I get into a message, I'll share, you, I'll share with you this story. I went to New York one time with my family. And um, I think I've shared this story here. If I have, forgive me. Trust me, I, I, I speak in different places. I forget where I share the story. But I'll never forget, I went to New York, and I was in, um, in Times Square. And, you know, Times Square is just pretty amazing as it is, and the lights, and the glamour, and, and, and the people, right? It's a lot of people. And I love to people watch. Any people watchers? Disney World is the best at people watching. All right. And um, so I'm there, and, and, and I remember, remember the, you know, the two, there's a two-story McDonald's in Times Square. You probably know which one I'm talking about if you've been there. And we were there, we were right in the entrance of the McDonald's, and I hear a commotion. I hear a, I hear a noise, and, and I hear a commotion, and I'm there, and I remember, and I looked, and I said, what's going on? And, you know, it's New York, something's always happening in New York. I was like, oh, maybe a movie's being filmed, or, maybe, you know, something's crazy, right? So I, I look, and when I look, I, I, there's a massive crowd just walking, and it's like a crowd. People are, are videotaping, taking pictures, some are walking backwards, some are walking sideways, some are following. And I'm guessing there's, oh my God, there's someone in the middle and everyone is, is looking into that crowd. There's someone there. So, you know, I'm in New York. So the first thing in my head is, there's a celebrity there. For sure. Let me go see who it is. I, I'm not the nosiest person. No, I am. Um, so, so I said, let's go see who's there. So I, I, I crossed the street in um, Times Square, and I got into the crowd, and the crowd really looked different than me. Um, they, they, they didn't look anything like me. Um, 
they, they were just a whole different culture than I was. So I just kind of got into the crowd. I, I kind of got in a little bit more. I'm not nosy at all, but I got in a little bit more. It was a thick crowd. And finally, I was there, and I finally see who it is. And I mind you, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a reach away from him. And I look, and it's, it was an old rapper when I was in high school. Now I'm in my in my late 20s, and he was really died out out of the, out of the hip-hop scene. And I don't know if any of you guys, I'll just tell you the name. Any of you guys remember Cameron? All right, three of you. It was Cameron. I remember Cameron because he's always dressed in pink. And um, I see Cameron, and I was like, oh, gosh, it's Cameron. So, but me like a fool, I, was like, I already made it this way. And they were doing a video shoot, I guess. And I said, hey, Cameron, what's up, man? And I shook his hand, and I did a sign. I guess I did his gang sign, forgive me. And I, I told my wife, look at the picture. She's like, what are you putting up? Are you crazy? I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I think I just did a gang sign. This is not good. <laughs> stupid, man. How many of you have ever done some st- stupid things in your life? Throwing up a gang sign is definitely a stupid thing to do in life. But you know what intrigued me? It wasn't even camera. It was the crowd that caught my attention. No, let's get a little bit more deeper. It wasn't even the crowd. It was the excitement in the crowd that drew me to the middle to see what it was. That excitement got me. You know how excited you have to get me to get out of McDonald's? To cross the street? And to go see who's in the middle? And when I get to the middle, I was let down. I was like, oh, it's Cameron. Gotta be uh, Cameron if you're listening to this. I mean, it'll be great if he gets to hear the podcast. Not really. But I recognize something, and I've shared this before, and 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 some of the things that I'm sharing today, I've definitely shared it here before. But in this message of who's coming, I've recognized this: that people want to be a part of what everyone is talking about. You've heard me say this here before. Like when you watch a good movie, the things that you do is what you go tell the people that are closest to you, the people that you love. You got, there's a show right now on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, so I won't say the name of it just in case you guys get mad. I can't believe you watch that show and then you leave the church and all that. But watch this. There's a show on Netflix and everyone is telling me about it. Everyone. They even started a group chat telling me to start watching it. Some of you guys in here, you know who you are. And they told me, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's 100% on some, some tomato, rotten tomatoes and all this stuff. But you know what they're doing to me? I'm going to watch it this week because they're so excited about this show that I'm definitely going to watch it. And I want to be part of what they're excited about because that's not fair that they're excited about something and I can't be excited with them. And we've seen that whether it's a movie, a restaurant, I love to talk about restaurants and food, a show, a game, a church even, whenever people are excited about something and people are talking about it, others want to check it out and see it for themselves. How many of you have witnessed that in your own life? I have. And whatever you're excited about, I know this for sure, it's going to influence the people around you. Have you noticed, like, for example, the closest person in my life is my spouse. Do you know that I influenced my spouse more than anyone else in my life? It's true. It's true. Sometimes she thinks I'm the weirdest person because of what I try to get her to do. I'm excited about her. I'm going to tell you something. She's not here today, so I can say these. I can talk about her. Watch this. Um, I'm excited because our church is vamping and revamping and doing stuff. So yesterday, at least 20 million times, can you put the graphic up on Instagram? Can you pump up our church already? Come on, can you do this? And she's like, can you leave me alone? Can't you see I'm nursing the baby and I'm doing things? And I'm like, just put the graphic up. I want her to catch vision. I want her to get excited for what I'm excited about. And she is. But we influence the people closest to us. And you know what happens when you, when you get excited and you influence the people close to you? They're going to want to check it out for themselves. My friends who started a group chat to watch this Netflix show, they're not going to go to my house when I watch the first episode. I'm going to watch it for myself, and I want to see it for myself. Because I don't want them in the couch with me saying, oh, wait, do you see what's going to happen next? Oh, my gosh, that character, that's my favorite character. I want to figure out who's my favorite character, and I want to know what happens next. When it happens next, I don't need someone's help. I want to be excited for myself because you're so excited, Eli, about what you're excited about. <laughs> going to get to it. Lou has probably told me a hundred times to watch this show already. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Maybe 20. No lie. 20 in two days, he's told me. Our excitement, it's going to influence people. And the truth is, I believe there's nothing wrong with being or getting excited or things. But this is the truth. We need to be very careful in the things that we get excited for. 
You need to be very careful. Because if it's drawn to the wrong things, since we're influencing people, we're leading people to the wrong things. Be very careful. Careful what you get yourself involved in and then you involve others in. Be very careful. Because you're influencing them. Our excitement needs to be always on one thing. We'll get to that. You know what it is already, but we'll get to it. And I feel that a church that is growing, a church that is filled with this, people that are excited, they love, I mean, I saw Tito up here. Did you see him how many times he told you, come on, he really wanted you to jump with him. He's excited about jumping and praising God. Maori came up here, and I think, I think Tito influenced Maori today. He grabbed the mic, and he just, I don't know if I've ever seen Maori fist pump the way I saw him fist pump right now. <laughs> he fist pumped, I think he did a kick, and then he noticed what he did, and then he got off the stage. And Maori got me excited. He's like, I want to preach, man. I want to do that. Well, Maori just did. And the truth is, we know that in a church, when people get excited, at least here, it's because they love God. And they love people. And we want everyone to see that. And we want others to come and see it for themselves. Hey, if I go to this church, I know they love God and I know they love others. And it's evident with their lives. And, and I believe that as we get into the passage of Scripture today, that we look at our lives, that we even look within our church at each other, and we begin to do this. We, we begin to be thrilled and, and, and just all just excited about everything that we're going to start doing here. And we say, I'm ready for this. And, and then we could ask people around us, come on, who's coming? Who's coming? Because I'm going. I'm going. You've ever waited for someone? And it's so frustrating, right, to wait for someone? And you just leave them? And like, I, you can't believe you left me. I, I warned you. I did five horns. I knocked on your house two times. And I had to go. There's a passage in scripture I want to read with you. It's in Mark chapter 1. It's, it's Jesus cleansing a leper. And I want to read it. And I want you to see the reaction to this leper in, in verses 40 through, through 45. If you want to turn your Bibles there, you can um, Take some notes, it'll pop up in the screen. But, but let's read it and, and, and get a, a feel for it. It says this, ready? Verse 40. It says, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and said to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand, he touched him and he said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and he sent him away. He strictly warned him and he sent him away at once and he said to him see that you say nothing to anyone but go your way and show yourself to the priest offer your cleansing offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them and then verse 45 is real neat I underlined it in my notes it says however he however you know it's like oh this guy didn't listen however he went out and he began to proclaim it freely and he spread the matter so that Jesus, look at the problem he got Jesus in. Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. What a passage. Jesus healing this leper. There's so much importance here, even when it comes to leprosy. Just think about leprosy. We study a little bit of what leprosy is in Leviticus. In, in Leviticus chapter 13, in, in the laws, it, it, it talks about what we do with an individual in the Old Testament that had leprosy and how we go about dealing with this kind of individual. Leprosy was a, a vivid and, and a graphic physical picture of, of what is represented in the New Testament as a spiritual defilement of sin. That's what leprosy is. When you look at leprosy in the Old Testament and sin, and even in the New Testament, leprosy in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's symbolic today for our lives, for, for what sin is to us. Because like leprosy, sin, man, is ugly. It's loathsome. It's incurable during these times. It was contaminating leprosy. You couldn't even touch someone with leprosy because then you would be defiled just like they were. You have to stay away from them. Imagine having a spouse whom you love, a child whom you love, who then catches leprosy and you can't even give them a hug, tuck them in bed till you love them. You have to cast them out where all the other lepers go and you got to move from them because, because if you were to touch them, you too are unclean. It separates men from each other. Leprosy is ugly, man. It's, it's, it's sickening. And it's just like sin. sin. Sin separates us from God. It, it makes us outcast, just like leprosy did in its day. And the instructions here was, was given to the priest in Leviticus chapter 13. 
and it helps us as we read it to understand the nature of sin and what sin is, that, that it spreads. It spreads like leprosy does. Sin is inside us. It's, it's deeper than our skin. It, it, it spreads, it defiles, and, and sin isolates us. And just as, as leprous garments are fit only for the fire, in those days, even the clothes of a leper had to be thrown into a fire, never to wear again. It's the same thing with those who are clothed with sin. They, they will burn forever. Sin is a serious issue. How many of you would say amen? And in leprosy, all over scripture was a serious issue. But, but I love that in this passage here in Mark, check this out, guys. I love that. It's, I wrote this, ready? But then Jesus came. Everyone say, but then Jesus came. <laughs> but then here's Jesus, and, and he comes into the scene. And, and listen to this. Here is this, this leprous individual. Here is this, this person who, who cried out to Jesus, and he says, if you're willing, cleanse me. And then it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And he says, I am willing, so be cleansed. And immediately this, this leprosy left him. I, I, mean, I mean, it wasn't even normal to dialogue with a leper. And I love that Jesus just dialogues with like prostitutes and lepers and religious people. And I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly. He's doing life with everyone. Doesn't push anyone out of his circle. And here is this leprous man and Jesus comes into the scene. And here it is, guys. When the untouchable, when the untouchable is touched by Christ, immediately, immediately, there is a healing that takes place. And I know in our lives, we could relate to this. Where there's things or there were things in our lives in which I was untouchable, I was contaminated, I was like a leper, I was sick with sin, but we all had this, this little thing that we share in common. But, but Jesus came into the picture. How many of you can say amen? But Christ entered my life and, and when, when, when the untouchable was touched by Jesus. I, I love that when no one else wanted to get a, around our sin and with the ugliness of our sin, Christ says, I'll jump in where the ugliness of your sin is and I will touch you and I will move in you where no one and nothing else can touch and move in. When, when the untouchable is touched by the one that could only heal Christ. And then he's told, don't tell anyone. Yeah, right, don't tell anyone. You know how long I was struggling with leprosy? Imagine telling a sinner, uh, an addict, uh, uh, whatever, who's been lost for years. Their life is transformed. They're saved. It says, but don't tell anyone. Yeah, right. The first thing I'm going to do is tell everyone the good news. I'm going to tell everyone. So, so you have to understand this man's excitement. You might say, well, that's disobedient towards Jesus. I look at that and I said, yeah, but that's exciting. That's excitement towards what Jesus did. Here he is, the joy and the excitement of this healed man. It's obvious. Because he right away ignores Jesus' command. And yes, before we judge him, we do pretty good at that sometimes. Just imagine the excitement he's in because imagine you in his shoes being a leper and, and you can't hang out in your neighborhood and you can't walk into the house that you love and you can't tuck in those beautiful kids and you can't say hello to your family the way you want to say hi to your family and, and you see everyone from an outside looking in like I wish I could be like them again but, but you're, an, you're an outcast and he gets healed and before you judge him imagine how excited you will get if you were in his shoes. So we see here it teaches us this man, unclean from leprosy, thrown out, like Leviticus shows us, looked down upon, outcasted, isolated. For the most part, most lepers lived as beggars for the rest of their lives. And anyone who touches them is even seen as unclean, just as they were. They too would suffer in a leprous lifestyle. But I love this. There was a love. There was a mercy. There was a power that was so much, that was too much to comprehend. That Jesus' touch, instead of making Jesus, listen to this, instead of making Jesus unclean, it made the unclean clean. Wow. Do not raise your hand. Rhetorical question here. But if you're here today, maybe Christ has done this already. Where Jesus has touched what was unclean. And the unclean has become clean. 
Maybe you could testify and say, Rigo, man, that's me. That's happened in my life. Now, I want you to look at me for a moment. How can you not be excited about the move of God in your life? Don't get dull on me. Don't shut off your lamp on Christ. (laughs) Well, he touched me 15 years ago. Well, you should be 15 years veteran excitement. (laughs) Sometimes we, we get into a system of religiosity that we lose the excitement of the move of God and we stop allowing the move of God in our lives. The leper was like, I'm not just going to go to the priest. I'm going to go back to mom and dad and sister and brother and everyone, my friends, and I'm going to tell them that Jesus has healed me. And the healed man's excitement, you read the rest of that passage with me, it causes people from every direction to do what? To run to Jesus. He couldn't contain them. He was in a deserted place and people were coming from all over. It was just like Cameron in New York. (laughs) Yeah, right. Nothing like that. But everyone was so excited. Everyone from all directions were coming because of the excitement that was in that circle. Even me. So are we excited? Are you coming? Are are you coming to Jesus? I, I love that. That we need to come to Christ because he first came to us. Can't lose that big monumental truth in theology, right? Christ first came to us. So now we could say who's coming and now we could come to him. So, so are we excited? He came. He touched the untouchable. And immediately we see here sin left even our lives. We've, we've been cured from the penalty of sin. Romans teaches us that. We were dying each day closer to it because of our lifestyle that was unpleasing, unholy, polluted, outcasted, enemies of God. All of that scripture teaches us. But there is something in us that happened. Christ has received us and now we come to him. And now we're thrilled. Now we're excited And we can't stay quiet. We got to tell everyone about it. And we ask people, come on, you got to come to church with me. Come on, you got to read the word with me. Who's coming? Who's excited? And to enter a life that our excitement is evident. That because it's, it's, I'm excited because Christ has first been excited about. You know how excited God was about you? That he put his son on the cross to die for your sins. Sometimes we miss that. I love what what Peter writes. And you could turn there if you want. I'm going to run through some passage in first Peter real quick verses 3 through 12 Peter says this blessed be the God and father of the Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable anyone can say amen get excited for that undefiled unfading I mean yesterday some of us in our church were able to celebrate a life of a man who lived here for 42 years, did things in an unorthodox way. I mean, involved in hip-hop, breakdancing, graffiti. I mean, and I'm sitting down in his service. And I, and I remember going home, and I looked at my wife, and I said, if I die or when I die, I want a service just like a brother Joe. I want something just like that. Because I was sad at times, but almost everything about me yesterday was, was filled with excitement because all I kept thinking about was, Joe is in, is in eternity. Joe is in glory. Joe is placing his crown at the feet of Christ. And, and here is Peter. And he says, there is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and it's kept in heaven forever for you. And verse 5 says, who by God's power being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in this you rejoice. In this you get excited. In this you begin to praise. That now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Yes, we struggle. And yes, there are trials in our time on earth. Any witnesses? Anyone here today? Okay, yes, there are various trials, but, but in this we rejoice that it's, it's just for a little while. Look at someone next to you and say, it's just for a little while. People are sick around us. People are dying around us. Finances go up and finances go down. Friends come and friends go, but it's just for a little while. There's a promise in Scripture 
There's a promise of the imperishable. There's a promise of an undefilement. There's a promise of an unfading. There's a promise of a heaven that is kept. You know what kept means? Secured just for you. So, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold. Have you noticed that? That gold gets through the fire? It's, it's that one thing that gets through it. Come on. Come on. You're golden to God. He, he's made you golden. Yes, there are impurities. Yes, there are things that are rotten in there. But it's okay. There's a fire that you will get through. Makes you better, but you won't die in. There, there's a trial of fire that we go through to test the genuineness of our faith. We may be found, look at this, to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We spoke about our brother that passed last week and they had a ceremony yesterday. I was telling Eli today. I said, brother, do you understand for once? Like, like do, can you understand this? Right? Am I exaggerating? I said, Where's, where is he right now? Like, he is in a, a in, I can't even tell you. He's in glory. He's. He's in a presence. He's in a throne room. He's, we hurt because he's not here, but I hurt because I'm not there. <laughs> he made it before us. He, he's in a presence that it's unfading. It's kept from, like, like we think, we think we understand glory. We think we understand heaven. We think we understand the throne room, but can you imagine being in there for a second, for eternity, just, I'm here. I'm here, and that's where he's at, that's where he's, that's where he's praising at, that's where it's going, and, and, and this is the life that we want to live, ready? We, we go through this on planet earth so that we could be found, a result is found in us, what's the result, what's the result? Come on, it's in verse 7, praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want that when I stand before God, what's in there, Regal? There is praise, there is honor, and there is glory for Jesus Christ. How'd you get there? Through the testing of my faith on planet Earth. Life, man, it stank at times, but man, did it build something fiery, something pure, something glorious in me. I'm standing before the throne room because of the trials and the testing of my faith on earth. Now I stand before the glory and for the glory of Jesus. That's why I love verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Dang, that's true. I love Jesus. But you know what's crazy about that? I've never seen him. I, I've seen him. Evident in my life. But I've never seen how he looks like. People are like, how, how does Jesus look? Who cares? I'm so in love with him. It's love at first sight? Not really. I, don't, I feel like this is, I'm going to struggle getting past this message today. But Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you not see him, you believe in him and you rejoice. You're excited. You rejoice with joy that this inexpressible and you're filled with glory. I'll speed through the rest of it so I can get through the rest of my notes. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This, stuff, this is good stuff, guys. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, searched and inquired carefully. Guys, 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 come here. Prophets searched for what you have. You know what it's called? Grace. You're going st to stand before Elijah. You're going to stand before Moses. You're going to stand before Isaiah. You're going to stand before Elisha. And they're going to be like, how was it? How was it living on earth with that dispensation of grace? How was it living on earth with that glory? How was it? It was different. I know I caught fire from heaven to soak up the, 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 the altar that I filled up three times with water. But, but how was it to live and walk with grace filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on, how was it? A man who, who caught fire from heaven is going to ask you that. They searched for what you have and they could not attain it. Why? Because Christ was holding it for this time, for this generation. Man, this is a lot of good stuff. I can't wait to see Elijah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? I thought I was going to ask Elijah questions when I get to heaven. Or Elisha. 
I'm gonna be like, Eli, and before he, before I'm able to say his name, Eli, he's gonna go, we go. I'm gonna be like, Elisha, Rigo, don't go. Where are you going? I want to go to Jesus' feet. Not yet. <laughs> How was it? How was it? You caught fire from heaven. No, no, no. But you had the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. If you can't get excited for that, if you can't start telling people about that, you got to really check your spiritual life. You really got to see where you're standing before God. Come on. Who is coming right with us we're going to transform this city for jesus why why not because of anything not because of anything we can give but because of everything that we've already received because what first has been given to us from god well what is it about you it's the holy spirit living in me that's what it is and it's grace being poured on me and then it says in verse 11, crying what kind of person time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. The prophets were serving you. In the things that have now been announced to you through who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit. See, I'm not making this stuff up. Sent from heaven. Things into which angels look, long to look into. Angels are going to be like, Glory, holy, holy, holy. Rigo, how was it? Holy. That's crazy. Crazy. Live excited, sound excited, walk excited, talk excited, dress excited. Be excited. Come. Come because of the grace that has come and has been given because of the salvation that has been given. I don't know what it is, but, but we need to. Really be pumped about this stuff. I shared this a long time ago, about six years ago. Listen to these words. Your excitement will bring invitement. Six years ago I shared that. Excitement will bring invitement. What's in the middle there? What's in this camera? But with us, it's different. What's in the middle? Whoa, it's the glory of Christ. I'm staying in this, in this crowd. I love, I love what John says, right? And then when, what Christ says in the book of John, and then when, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. How many of you can say amen? Because we now live in a time that Jesus is not kept quiet and hidden, but he is praised. How many of you can say praise? He is praised. You know what the word praise means? To live, to at the act of expressing approval and admiration. The act of, of, of um, expressing approval and admiration. That's awesome. If you have your notes, write this verse down. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. Philippians 1 verse 20. When you're there, just give me an amen. I want to make sure that you are there. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. Anyone there? Anyone there? No one's there? I'm going to read it. Ready? It says, for I, listen to this now. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. But that I will continue to be bold for Christ. As I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Whether I live or whether I... Wow. You know, I started to look at the Greek for this word here. And it says here, continue to be bold for Christ. As I've been in the past, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. And I recognize that the, the Greek word for that phrase there, to bring honor to Christ, means this. And that Christ shall be magnified. I, the, the Greek word is pronounced megaluno. megaluno. And I'm probably butchering it, but it's okay. And it literally means this. To make, declare, to, to enlarge or even to magnify. So when the passage says this, when Paul says to the church of um, Philippi in Philippians 1.20, I trust that my life will bring honor. I trust that my life, that, that Christ shall be magnified whether I live or I die. How many of you, if you were there yesterday, some of us were there, we saw a life that was magnified. Not because of everything that he was, but because of everything that Christ was in him. That's what I want. 
I don't want people to ever grab a mic and say, wow, I'm going to tell you everything that Rigo was and is. No, I want you to know everything that Christ was in him and through him. Because really, if you start talking about everything I was and is, it's going to be ugly. Magnify Christ, whether I live or die. That word magnify, man, think about that word for a moment. Because what you are excited about is, is receiving this praise now in this passage. And that which is receiving praise now, we recognize this. It's being magnified. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And that which is magnified is observed by others. The Bible says that we live what? In front of a cloud of witnesses. People look at to our every decision, everything that we're doing. And people's observation will cause them to come. Who's coming? You want people to come to Christ? Yes or no? Then watch this. It all starts with taking Christ to them. Magnify Christ so that they would see Christ in you. The Bible says in, in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8, what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. People want to taste and see that the Lord is good. And they'll see it through our lives. And we need to ask and continue to go back to this question. Who is coming? What are you excited for? Don't get excited for the wrong reasons. There are people out there that need to taste and see that God is good. And they're going to see it through you and in you. Amen. How, do, how does that work? Magnify him. Magnify him. I, I don't have time to get into it. But you remember the, the story in Genesis chapter 11? Um, very interesting they wanted to build a great city, a tower that reaches to the skies. They, they wanted to be greater than God. And the Tower of Babel, and the Lord came down, saw the city, saw the tower, and he says, look, they could accomplish this when they've just begun to take advantage of their common language and political unity. Just think of what they will do later on. So, so what he does is, let's, let's go down there and let's give them different languages. And they went down, and they weren't able to understand each other, and the building stopped. And the story is called Babel, and we've, we've shared that in this church so many times. But what happened to Nimrod? What happened to these men that were building Babel? Here it is. Ready? They got a little too excited on the wrong things. They wanted to build. How many of us want to build and build the kingdom of God and, and help be part of that and, and be part of what we want to do here at New Life? Amen, I do. But as we build, make sure you know who you're building upon. And make sure you're building it all for the glory of God. Because here are these gentlemen, here are these individuals that they started to build for their own self and their own glory. And it's so easy to do things for the wrong things. We lose our focus, which is always Christ. We're excited not because we can build, not because we want to be great and we'll be, because we want to be known, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We are excited because of Jesus, because he's the one that builds. And we want to make his name in this area, in our spaces, in everything that we occupy, we want to make his name great and we want to make his name known. How many of y'all, your family needs to know the name of Jesus great and known all over their lives? Through your life. Through your life. And I want to share this with you. I had a meeting earlier and I shared it with them. We never do what we do for the blessing. What we do, we do for the blesser. He is why we come. You don't come over here for me. You don't come here for the person you're sitting next to. And you don't come for anyone that was up here earlier on. You come because it's about Jesus. How many of you could say amen? Man, that's good. So here it is, guys. Get excited for each other and what we belong to. We have a beautiful home here. We're going to do some amazing things starting September 18th. We want to introduce to you. And I shared this when I shared about excitement brings invitement. And I want to share this with again. I've preached in, in, in many spaces in front of different crowds, various churches. And it's fun to always get into the word with people, to worship with them. And I really mean this. There, there's something different when, when you're here and we do it before you. When we do it together before God, with this group right here and those that are not here. Because we actually take pride and we recognize like it feels better here than anywhere else. And I think I know why. It's because when I'm here, I'm amongst family. You've ever had a guest over at your house and then you don't do things that you normally do? You guys know what I'm talking about. You don't want to show your toes in front of them so you put on socks. <laughs> but if it was just your family, you're walking barefooted everywhere. Yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. I know it. Uh-huh. You, you need to go to the bathroom. Normally you leave the door open when it's just your family. 
But when guests are over, you close the door right away when you walk out of that bathroom? Come on, any amens? You're lying. You guys do weird things like that. I do weird things like that. My wife, we're exhausted. Someone's coming over. Something goes on in her. Ding. Vacuums start coming on. The smell of, what is it? Lysol? I don't even know what she cleans with. Is that what we clean? I don't know what you clean with. Mistoline, mistoline. You start to smell it. It starts to get on the floor. I'm like, what's that smell? She's like, I'm cleaning. They're coming over. I'm like, okay. Normally, we live a little dirtier. Today, we're going to live clean. <laughs> I get it. Let me tell you what I think. Because I think when you're with family, you just sit back. You experience it different. Rejoice different. And that's how it is here. It's our family. So as the pastor here and, and taking steps that we've taken, I'm excited. I'm probably more excited for you than I am for me, for sure. And I'm excited about you. I mention my church a lot, especially in these days. I mention, them, mention you guys a lot. This weekend, I've probably received, I'm not exaggerating, three text messages and two, um, two uh, personal conversations, meaning in front of each other. And every single one of them has asked me this question. What's happening at your church? What's going on over there? Especially September 18th. Like, what are you guys are doing? And I'm like, well, let's talk. Um, one friend, one friend texts me on, uh, on Friday and he tells me, Hey, wh- what are you guys doing? I'm thinking about going to visit you guys on, on se- September 18th. And I said, Oh man, that'll be great. W- w- so what are you guys doing? Well, uh, the whole blue is me, right? Can you guys see this? Hey man, I see you're pumped for the 18th. What are you doing that day? Blue is me. You guys see the blue right here? I'll put it on the top. See the blue? I answered, well, that's awesome, bro. That's exactly, uh, I don't know what he says. So, so what exactly are you doing with the church? What are you introducing? So then I go, well, blue paragraph, another line. Oh, I forgot another one, paragraph, paragraph, three other things. Oh, wait, another paragraph. I, and then I, my last things was, whatever, that's enough ranting. Laugh out loud, pray for me, pray for us. And then he just wrote, everything sounds dope. So pumped for you guys. I'm going to try to go that day. What time is your service? Like this right here, it, what time was that? If you know me, some of you guys text me late, and I just like, oh, no, it's too late. I can't text. I'm going to go to bed. But, yeah, it was 10 o'clock. I started texting, and I couldn't stop texting. I, I'm excited for you guys. I'm, I'm excited for my church. I'm, I'm excited for the things that God's doing. I think about our church. Like, literally, believe this. This is crazy. Ready? When I wake up early in the morning to just spend some time with the Lord, I actually sit down, and some of your faces actually pop up in my prayer life without even knowing. And I forget to text you and say, hey, I pray for you today. Sometimes I'll text you. But some of you guys, they just pop up. And I know some of you, you do that for each other. That you're waking up early in the morning and one of your faces pops up and you start praying for that person. You know how awesome it is to belong to something like that? I'm so excited about all that stuff. And, and, and I know in a room like this, there's a bunch of different personalities and attitudes. Some great things, some not so great things. But at the end of the day, we're, we get pumped about God and the church and what we're doing and it's going to bring people, and it's going to show people, man, come and know who this Christ is. And I know that there are many members in here. And I know that many members coming together, we make up, part of us make up the body of Christ. I think about King David, and I preached this maybe like two months ago. Remember when he brings in the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem? Remember what he did? He didn't go home and drink coffee. I mean, I would have done that. This, I'm going to celebrate. Really? How? I'm going to go home and drink some coffee. Oh, a celebration. That's my celebrating. But David's like, I'm going to go out to the streets. It's in 1 Chronicles 15, 26, all the way to 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through 10. He goes out to the streets. He's wearing upper garments, and he takes off his upper garments. If you study the Bible, he's pretty much kind of like, they say he's naked, but most likely he's wearing like his underwears under, under his upper garments. Very shameful to wear those underwears in front of people. I wouldn't do that in front of you. I'll do that in front of my family, but not in front of my guest. <laughs> and he starts to dance so, to, so much to the point that his wife have never, has never seen him get like that, that she looks out the window. Remember the story? And she begins to get like hard-hearted towards him, mad at him. He doesn't back down. I love that at the end of First Chronicles 16, it says, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. 
Yeah, sounds like our day. Sing to him, yes, yeah, sing his praises. Tell everything about his miracles, yeah. Man, how sad if, if we stop believing in miracles today. There's miracles, man, all around us. Look around, there's miracles all around us happening today. Yesterday, we celebrated a miracle, believe it or not. Through death, we celebrated a miracle. Exalt his holy name. Oh, worshipers of the Lord, rejoice. I'm going to go to another one just in case you're not catching it. The book of Nehemiah. Chapter, chapter 12, Nehemiah finally, him and his men, they, they finally complete the wall in Jerusalem after it was burned down and destroyed and Jerusalem was left there for the enemies to run all over them. And Nehemiah says, I want to go back and build a wall. The Lord opens up doors. He goes back. He builds the wall. And do you know what happens when Nehemiah builds the wall? I'll read it to you. Nehemiah 12, verse 43 for your notes. Here it is. And they offered great sacrifices. That day, and they rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. You, did you notice what he causes you to rejoice with? And the woman and the children, they also rejoiced. Hey, when, when you're excited and when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, who rejoices? Who rejoices? Come on. Everyone rejoices. Men and women and children. You know why? Because if a child sees their parents rejoicing, they're rejoicing. Get to know some bitter children, you'll get to know some bitter parents. My dad's happy. I mean, look at Jackson. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he does all his face. I don't know where he gets it from. Weird kid, man. Love him. The joy of Jerusalem is said. Oh, I want this to say in the joy of new life. Look what it says. Nehemiah 12, 43. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. May it say one day of us. And the joy of new life was heard far away. I want nations to hear about our joy. I want family members to hear about our joy. Man, that we, we hear it far away. Psalm 133, 1, 2, 3, famous psalm. Here it is. Ready? Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the, the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. All over scripture, man. The Lord is our excitement. We are excited about our church because Jesus is amongst us and lives in us. How many of you could say amen? So, so now people could come check it out and we could say, come, come, come. Who's coming? And, and hopefully people come so that they could see because we recognize that our excitement brings invitement, that, that we could get excited. Excited when we worship here, like, like the examples that we've read in Nehemiah and in David and in the book of Psalms, that, that we could get excited when someone new comes and is a guest here at our church like the ones we have today. That we could get excited when someone receives Christ here. We could celebrate with them and say, let's have a party, let's go out to dinner, let's do something. That we could get excited about our vision that we're going to launch here in September 19th. That we could get excited to reach our community for Jesus Christ. That we could get excited to come and hear his word because it's through hearing and hearing the word of God. God, that our faith is grown, that we could get excited to give here and even give more than when we limit ourselves because giving changes us. We could get excited in that, that we could get excited to know someone here more and intimate and pray for them and know about them intimately and love them even through the ugliness of their life that we could say, even though things are ugly in you, I still love you, man. <laughs> we need that here in this church and we need that for one another. To go to a place where, where that is evident, not just for the sake of it, but because it's an excitement for Christ the Lord. Who's coming? Who's coming? I'm going to close with one more passage as the worship team comes up. And we ask who's coming. Things are happening here. And we want everyone to get excited. I want you to be a difference maker. Not just that new life but a difference maker in everything that you occupy on a day-by-day. -day. Christ wants to work through you. I, I prayed for Danny today. Am I, am I lying, Danny? In the back of the service before we even started church. And, and I grabbed him. And then, then look how crazy this guy is. Let me, Danny, let me get your hand. Today's pick on Danny Day. This is a real true story of, of the way God puts the puzzles together. So Danny's in the back. I said, what's up, man? Before we started the service, he's like, ah, I, I, you know, something's happening. <laughs> I said, okay, can I pray with you? <clears throat> Before all of you got here, we prayed. God used Danny. God, I mean, it was, it was a little bit more like ferocious prayer kind of thing, but, but God used him. 
let there be anointing upon him. Like, let, let him see the ways that you want to use him. So, and then out of nowhere, Danny just impromptu just sang a worship song and led you guys to a quick two-minute worship service. That's, that's some weird, creepy stuff. That's weird. That's awesome. Because none of that was planned. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to be a difference maker, that we pray for people around us, that we see what's going on, that we could just do it, that, that we could look at people and say, come on, who's coming? Who's going who's gonna to transform all this? Who's going who's gonna to work all this stuff out? Who, who's going to come and see the glory of God? As I end, I end with Luke chapter 14. You could turn there or you could, um, you could write this down in your notes. Luke chapter 14. Read the whole chapter of Luke 14. But verses 15 through 24 are so amazing. There's a great supper. And the king is, God is comparing it, Christ is comparing it to the kingdom of God. And Christ says the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a man who, who is giving a great supper and who's having a party and he invites a lot of people. So he sends one of his employees to invite everyone to come to this party, to this great supper to this dinner party he's having. But verse 18 and on says that with one accord, they began to make excuses. Everyone say excuses. The first one was like, well, I, I bought some land. I got to go see it. Who cares about your land? Just come, come to the house of the man who's throwing a party. Another one comes up to the servant, to the employee and says, you know, I bought some some pets. Here's yoke of oxen. But in our days, I, I bought a dog. I, I met people that I couldn't go to church today because I bought a dog and I couldn't leave them at home. And, and, and that's fine. But here's this person. Like, I, I bought some animals and, and I couldn't come. I'm going to go test them. I'm going to go see if my, my dogs are okay. So I can't go today. And then another one comes and he says, you know, I married a wife. Sometimes God blesses us with a spouse and Instead of together coming to Christ, we see sometimes after marriage, they, they leave the Lord. Like, what happened? So many times I've married people and then, like, hey, uh, Jesus gave you that blessing. Invest in that. So he says, I'm married, so I'm not going to be able to come. What do you mean? Bring your wife with you. No, nah, I'm just not going to come. Bring your wife with you. Are you kidding me? So the servant came and he told the, the man that was throwing the party, he said, uh, came and he reported everything the master of the house being angry he said to him okay go go out quickly look at this go to the streets to the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor my friends don't want to come bring the poor bring bring the maimed and the lame and the blind so the servant said master it's done as you command and and still there's still some more room i love verse 23 and 24 so the master said to, the, to his employer, to the servant, he says, well, then go. Go out again. And go out into the highways, to the hedges, and I love this, and compel them, compel them to come. Who's coming? That my house may be filled. For I say to you, that none of those men who were invited that made excuses shall taste my supper. Hey, can, can we have some to go? You know, you're not even going to taste it. I think we get the bigger picture here, the spiritual picture behind this, the, the biblical meaning behind this. But I love what he says here. Urge, compel everyone to come so that the house can be full. Let's talk about the kingdom of heaven. I want friends and I want family. And I want people that I love and people that I don't love. I don't want anyone to go to hell. And I want the lost to go to the kingdom of God. That his kingdom would be full. And I've been called, I can't transform them. But I sure can tell them to come. Come and see the Lord. Come, come and experience him. Come and, and read this. See who he is so that the house may be full. And I think this means a lot for us in the, in the time and the phase that our church is in right now. 
jumping into this vision and jumping into September 18th, I believe that we're called to do just this as well. That we go out to the highways, to the byways, to the, one translation calls it to the country lanes, which we don't have country lanes here, we have city lanes. Through the hedges, and that we could urge anyone that we find, come. Come on, come. So that this house can be full. So that this house, people could know who Jesus is here. Come on, come. Who's coming? Who's coming? Who's coming? I would hate for the last verse to be a truth to anyone. For all those that I invited first, they won't even get the smallest taste of my supper. I want everyone to taste what God is going to start doing here. Come on, who's coming? Be a part of it. But before you're ever a part of it, He, He needs to be alive in you. You can't be part of this if He's not all of you. If not, you die, burn, freak out, get mad at someone, you walk away. But if Christ he's there and that's who you are come on who's coming be part of this so that no one could lose what we're going to serve them so that the house could be full for the glory of Jesus Christ our Lord amen I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close off I want to pray that you get strengthened I want to pray that that what you heard today, you take it as a charge. And that you will say, Lord, I, I've recognized from all the passages, I saw the, I saw the, the textual flow of, of what you're speaking to our hearts. I, I see what you're calling us to. I, there's no reason why this stuff should be dull and why this stuff should be shut off and why my lamp should be hidden. I need to shine even brighter. My voice needs to be heard even more. My, my life needs to be lived out even in a greater fashion. I, I want that my life compels others to come. I want that my life urges others to see what's going on. I want that people see Jesus. Not only because of what I say, but because of everything. Because of who I am. Because of what you do in me. Because of what you've caused in me. Not because of what I can get from my, from my own wisdom, knowledge, and strength, but what I receive from your knowledge, from your wisdom, and from your strength. Let, let, the, let the house be full because we, we got a group here that's going to go out and everything that they do, they're going to be intentional about, about telling others, come, come and taste, come and see that the Lord is good. Come, come and recognize that, that yeah. I might not know how to solve your marriage, but I know the one that is able to heal your marriage. I, I, I don't know how to make you and give you $5,000 more to, to pay for, 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 for your rent, but, but I know that there's a God that is able to supply for you every need and every desire. I know that I can't take away the pain, but I know there's one that can give you joy. Come, come and know who my Jesus is. Let's, let's open up the Word of God together. Let's, let's fellowship in Scripture. Let's, let's fellowship in prayer. Let's, let's seek the Lord. Let's seek His goodness let's seek his greatness and we could be the people that cry out who's coming who's coming so that the house may be filled and people would know who you are Lord do that work in us who's coming Lord here it is I'm coming forget that I'm going I'm going Lord I'm already on my way I gotta be excited because of what awaits me the unfading, the, that which never fails, that which is kept for me, the glory that rests for me. I'm excited in just that, that I will tell others that there is a kingdom, that there is a heaven that awaits. Excite us in this truth, in the word of God that sometimes we, we turn away from. We don't focus on the big picture at times. Lord, I know in my life, greater than 
anyone speaking to me about the horrors of hell I know in my life what rocks my life has been people speak to me about the goodness and the greatness of your kingdom of the glory that is waiting in eternity I long for that excite us in that so that we could tell others so that we could reach others so Lord as we close off today I pray that you strengthen this body for those that don't know Lord we, we call this place our nest because here we receive provision from our God here we receive so much from the Lord together but it's our nest because we're also called to leave the nest and to give to others that which we receive together here. So Lord, thank you for everything you do here. And let us take it out. And let us rock the people that we do life with every day. Strengthen every person that's here. Give us hope. Give us courage. Fill us with strength. So we're going to close. Let's worship the Lord with one, one last song and then we'll We'll give each other a hug and we'll greet one another and we'll get going on our Sunday. Let's, let's sing to him one last song. Let's praise him one last time. <laughs>